Hello, and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to a very special episode. One of probably many. (laughs) Yes, I would say one in perhaps a continuing series, uh, a new segment on this show, really. Like if you're, you know, add it to the categories of like song battles and deep dives. (laughs) And now we have this one. So what's this new segment today, Shannon? So today's segment is called Our Faves Are Problematic. Um, Because as we all know, unless you're living under a rock, um, there is a huge Black Lives Matter movement happening all around the world right now. And the and K-pop is not immune from participating in perpetuating anti-blackness and we have to talk about it absolutely so in this first segment and I say that this is probably going to be a continuing repeating because people are human beings and they make stupid mistakes and they say ignorant things all the time so I'm sure that this will not be a you know, a one and done a one and done um, but basically like we're going to go down We're going to run down a list of incidents specifically focusing on idols who have expressed or said anti-black statements. Um, And there is, of course, like a whole other aspect of like cultural appropriation within the music and the industry. But that's such a large topic that Mm -hmm. we're actually going to be splitting it up. And so this episode is not going to be about, you know, wearing inappropriate hairstyles or like drawing from other cultures in your costuming or in the sounds of the music that's gonna be a whole (laughs) other episode that will be our faves are problematic part two of a billion um so today we're gonna be focusing on more like spoken incidents of anti-black statements from k-pop idols throughout the years yes um so to get us started because And this is an important lesson for me right now. I'll just say this, that like, I am very, very angry these days, like just full of rage at all of the injustices in the world. And sometimes I think that anger takes precedence over my like patience and empathy for other people. And, like, I've had to learn a ton of things in my 32 years, and I've had to unlearn or horrible things that I learned growing up and whatever. And, like, those things would not have happened if people were not patient and kind with me. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be angry or, like, scold or lecture anybody. I'm, like, I want to try to be empathetic and educational. Sure. So, to start, I want to just explain what problematic is. Because I feel like I remember around like 2012 on Tumblr, suddenly people started using this word all the time Mm -hmm. to like usually to describe like old media or like, like, oh, you should like this old movie is good, like, but it's problematic or this actress is cool, but like she's problematic. Mm -hmm. And that implies that this piece of media or this person has is saying or doing offensive things, either knowingly or unknowingly. Um. 
And the problematic behavior is something that isn't to be emulated. So if it's like a a star, an idol, like an icon or a, what's the word, role model, Mm -hmm. you like want these people to be, you know, good upstanding citizens or whatever. So if they are doing or saying things that are hurtful, then you need to like call that behavior out so that it is not further emulated by other people. Right. Because it perpetuates the harm and then by excusing that kind of problematic behavior then we're just we're not only not uh, not acknowledging or respecting the pain that someone might feel because of the problematic behavior but we're also just allowing it to continue it's not solving the problem exactly um so that's why we have to call things out but i think Mm -hmm. that often fans like because we love the people and the things that we love it's very easy to get defensive when somebody mm-hmm. calls out something problematic. And I think it's important to understand that like doing something problematic does not make a person like evil, right. you know, unless they've otherwise proven that they're evil. Like well, let's say one problematic thing <laughs> does it, you sure. know, like one or two problematic things like okay, if you know, obviously when we get into like patterns of behavior or whatever it's all other Then story, you make but, your judgments, but exactly. the point is that like by saying like hey, they shouldn't have said that, they shouldn't have worn that, they shouldn't have done that. We're not saying like cancel them, they're dead, burn them, like they should, mm-hmm. you know, we're just saying, "Hey, that's not cool. Don't do it anymore." Right. And the purpose or the goal of calling that kind of behavior out, like you said earlier, is to be educational because we do want people to learn and grow and wake up. And if we just cancel everybody when they say that one problematic thing, then no one ever learns and people are afraid to make the mistakes. And then, and but mistakes are the only way that we learn. So right. we do have to be you know, we do need to hold people accountable while also allowing the space for them to acknowledge their mistake and then grow from it. Um, so that is to say that I guess like we're not reading out a list of people that like these idols are canceled. Like that's not right. what this is about. It's just saying here's the history of many different anti-black statements that have happened throughout the last 10 years of K-pop. And this is talking about generally the idea of problematic behavior or words or whatever. And I just want to be clear that the things that we're talking about in this particular episode are pretty damn egregious. Um, So I just want to be very clear that anybody who is hurt by these things and does not accept any apologies or non-apologies and can't abide by this and doesn't want to stand these people and that they are canceled to you, that's so fine. And I've said it before on the show, and I really, really mean it, that, like, you don't owe anyone anything, and the K-pop is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to make you happy. And if it hurts your feelings, and all of that joy is gone, then, like, you don't have to keep it. And nobody should shame you for that. And it doesn't question your status as a fan. But I think that all of us truly, really, really love K-pop. That's what we're doing here. It, like, makes us happy. And we would much rather see it change than to have to give it up. So I think that's what we're striving for here is change. So to go further and in more explanation, like what is anti-blackness specifically? Anti-blackness is a prejudice or bias specifically against black people as opposed to being biased of simply like, Uh, people of color in general sure 
And this has a long and terrible and horrible history that's very easily traced back to the horrible colonizers and their slaves. And in order to justify their horrible action of owning human beings, there was a bunch of really shitty like pseudoscience where they just decided that like actually black people are not the same and they're different and they're actually less and their brains are smaller and blah, 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 blah. Right. They used all of this quote unquote like anthropology. And I say that in quotes because it's not fucking science. They used all of this bullshit, called it science to basically explain why it was okay for white people to own black people. But that idea of white supremacy is everywhere, not just in Western white dominant cultures. Like I know personally as a as a Latinx person, um, I grew up with like my Mexican side of the family always telling you like don't get into the sun because you're going to get too dark right the colonialism Mm -hmm. white supremacy is a global issue so this kind of idea is prevalent in many different ways in many different cultures absolutely and like the thing that like america like this will be very american centric sorry but we caused all these problems so we gotta fucking deal with them um but like you know, when slavery we was certainly caused a lot of them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it was like when slavery was abolished, then they just found like new ways to right. be awful to black people. And then people in the 50s learned like, oh, you can't like say slurs out loud. So then they like learned new covert ways. Mm-hmm. Dog whistle racism, they call it. Like to just keep perpetuating this idea that like no matter what, black people are less than and they're an other and they don't mm-hmm. deserve equal treatment or they're just different from you. So it doesn't. Meh. And that stuff like perpetuates all of our media, which we ship out all over the world mm-hmm. and like have just continued to like give these ideas to everyone else. And it's poison yeah. and we have to stop it. It's especially important in like the kinds of media that we create, because I know for some cultures, like especially at the beginning of sort of the whole globalization of the world, like a country that is very homogenous, like South Korea, a lot of citizens of that country like you might only learn about black people through the media that you see in from the united states and if all you see is stuff like cops law and order like shows that that show black people as thugs or gangsters or criminals of course that's going to influence your point of view because that's already an a biased point of view that you're being given right so that's all to say that there's a lot of different kinds of prejudices in this world and today we're going to be focusing on the anti-black prejudices because that's what we're focusing on as a world right now and it is important Mm-hmm. Um, so a second ago, you were talking about your own experience with colorism. Most colorism is rooted in white supremacy because it comes from colonialism. A lot in Latin America, specifically, those who had more Spanish blood than indigenous were lighter skinned and they tended to be in a higher economic class. In other cultures that didn't have white colonization, like Korea, colorism comes from classism. People with darker skin worked in the fields, etc. And while that is problematic in and of itself, the evolution of that line of thinking easily lends itself to anti-black sentiments, and it supports the white supremacy that is very active in many parts of the world. And this is a thing that that perpetuates K-pop a lot. Um, and was one mm-hmm. of the first things I remember noticing when I got into K-pop. Yeah, um, me too. This idea that like 
if there's a member in a group that has like darker skin, that it is something that they are constantly ragged on about. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly fair- reminded of, commented on like needless quote unquote jokes about the color of their skin. And I feel like Kai from EXO gets it especially bad mm-hmm. when like looking up incidents of this. It's like, it's like EXO's very mean to him about it. Yes, um, and has been throughout their career. Like at the beginning, him and Tao got got it a lot, but there's even examples where like Kai throws the colorism content comments like to Tao. So mm-hmm. no one is immune. I suppose. no, I saw a very similar thing happening where uh, RM from BTS is like arguably the darkest member and gets a lot of shit about it, but then he also throws it at Jungkook because mm-hmm. like of internalized hatred. Right. And like I read a lot about uh, like a member N from Vix has gotten a lot of comments from his members. Um, Zico makes a lot of comments about his Black B members. There's a lot of different examples of colorism in K-pop. Those are just boy groups. I'm sure that there's examples in girl groups as well. Um, yes. Uh, Yuri from SNSD, they like call her Black Pearl because she's darker. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I read. I oh yeah, I read something about like Heechul said some some comment. I can't remember what it was. I think he like posted a picture of her with a colorist comment underneath. I don't know. Yeah. So that's yeah. like a very common thing, and it's like insidious, and it's like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to bring it up because. Yeah, this is sort of the first example of faves being problematic, right? So, like, you just said that that's sort of the first thing that you noticed in getting into K-pop. Like, the first sort of eyebrow-raising, like, wait, what did you Yes, I think, honestly, it was because when I first got into K-pop, I, I mean, it will, this will just keep coming up all day. But when I first got into K-pop, one of the only other people that I, like, knew, one of my only other internet friends that liked K-pop was only into Block B. And she tried Mm. to get me into Block B. And all I found immediately was that Zico says awful things all the time. And so I just could never get (laughs) on board. But I, yeah. Because not that Shiny is perfect. We'll get to it another day. But like, I feel like the hip hoppy groups are just so guilty of this shit. I don't know. It There is some disproportionate. Yeah, for sure. Like you'll see a, a an imbalance, I suppose, based on the the um, concept of the group or like sure. the style of the group, for sure. Okay, all right. Let's get into our next things. We've like tried to split things up into like what type of horrific, <laughs> what type of offense? Offense, the offense, <laughs> and they're all very offensive. Yeah, they're um, all offensive. So this is not in order of like least to most <laughs> offensive. They're all bad. It's just like different categories, you know, pick sure. a flavor. Um, so, I mean, should we just dive in? What else are we going to do, ma'am? Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start with uh, racist impressions that mm-hmm. idols have done throughout the years. Um, these usually come in the context of showing off some kind of special talent or skill. Um, and Yeah, like when you can pull an orange open all yeah. at once. It's just the same. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or like how Dio, you know, his skills like putting the new phone case, the new cover, just like that. Um, So I'm just going to. Yeah, no, that's sarcasm. 
<laughs> in case you can't see our facial expressions. Um, I'm just going to run down these in a chronological list. And unless otherwise noted, the idols and companies in question here don't do anything about these, right? It's just mm-hmm. like something that happens on a variety show. People complain about it on Twitter and then nothing happens. Exactly. So we're going to start in 2010. On an episode of Invisible Invincible Youth, Yuri from Girls' Generation was on this show with Sunny and a couple other members. In this particular segment, Sunny does some kind of egg yolk that one of the MCs describes as looking like the, the type of egg yolk that Japanese girl groups do. And so then the female comedian, and what is that female comedian's name? She's the short-haired one that's now on Weekly Idol. Kim Shin Young. Okay, so Kim Shin Young... She was either a guest on the show or a host. I don't know. Um, But she says, well, if we have a Japanese girl on the show, we also have a black man here. And then she prompts Yuri to do this impersonation in which Yuri just sort of puts on a deep voice and like says you die. Um, It's not cute. It's not really an impression of anything at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And the comedian sort of tries to like prompt her to keep going, saying like, oh, do the neck thing. And then Yuri says like more in Korean, but like with exaggerated gestures. Right, exactly. Um, Nothing happened about this. In fact, the only article that I read about this incident was written two years afterward. So in the moment, I don't think that there was any kind of response. Okay. In 2013, on a radio show called Shim Sim Tapa, which was uh, hosted by Shindong of Super Junior, Nam Jun of BTS was on with the whole group, um, and he did this impersonation of what he called a black young. Uh, we're not playing any of these clips because that seems problematic in and of itself, so just use your imagination you can find it on youtube if you want it's still there uh he just talks really low he says a lot of like nonsense about being on the show with shindong um and in the moment when that happened i read a lot of back and forth where some fans did find it offensive and other fans were quick to jump on the blah he never said that it was specifically a black man but then people who spoke korean came in and said actually yes he introduces it as this is what a black young sounds like um and the a couple years after this The show American Hustle Life was a reality show that BTS went on in 2014 where they spent two weeks in L.A. with like different hip hop mentors, including like acts like Coolio. Um, And Warren G. mm -hmm, Yeah. So they learned a lot about like the West Coast hip hop scene. And after they were on that show, after that show aired, uh, RM or Namjoon like went on. He did a V live and he gave he talked for a long time about like the thoughtless actions that he'd done in the past and how he wanted to be responsible for his actions in the future and like be really conscious of not saying and doing these kinds of hurtful things so he actually did he didn't specifically address this incident but he is a name that will like come up a couple of times so Mm -hmm. um he has sort of addressed in general like problematic actions of his past And I also read an interview where when BTS performed on the Billboard Music Awards recently, they changed the lyrics of, was it Billboard? I don't remember. One of their American performances, they actually changed the lyrics of the song so that they 
didn't say nega, like mm-hmm. the Korean word, just so that it wasn't confused. So they are certainly thinking about things now. Um, this is just an example of a few years ago, and that was problematic. Okay, so the next one is uh, from 2014 um, on a show called Five Minutes Before Chaos. This was a Block B reality show. Um, Zico, they were like listing all of their hobbies and talents for each member, and Zico's talent was listed by the other members as being talking like black people. Um, at which point Zico jumped right in and did this impersonation. Um, but this one was interesting, and I, I bring this particular incident up because, like I said in a lot of the other ones, um, you know, nobody really said or did anything about it, right? Like, this impersonation happened, and maybe a few international fans, like, quietly tweeted about it, but overall, nothing happened. Well, the Block B international fans were not having this, um, and they actually came together. So the, the official group, which is called Block B International, um, sent in a letter to the company. Um, it's a little bit long, so I won't read the whole thing, but it is very eloquent, um, in which they explain exactly why Zico's talent as acting black, uh, is, hurtful to international audiences. They specifically say, and I'll quote, Block B has a large amount of black fans due to their hip-hop style, and this joke was extremely painful for them. To them, it sounded like Zico was trying to say that all black people are as he imitated, which is clearly not true. A few years ago, Stardom Entertainment received a letter from a fan explaining why the N-word was bad. In general, these acting-like-black people jokes follow that same vein. The letter goes on to give like a really short like historical um, history lesson, historical history. The letter goes <laughs> on to give a short history lesson about um, the treatment of African-Americans in the United States. And it ends by saying international BBC care very much for Block B and want them to be successful, but it's hard to do when Block B makes fun of their races. In the future, we humbly ask that Block B avoid making these types of jokes. Block B are funny just being themselves. They don't need to go that far to try to be entertaining. International BBC would appreciate an apology, but we don't want Block B to face negative attention from the Korean media for a situation like this. Please, we just ask that Block B be careful and avoid jokes like these that make fun of ethnic groups. They're not funny and they are more likely to bring harm than good so they wrote this in this eloquent letter sent it in and the company did reply with a very short letter back saying thank you for your comment the related remark on hand was never meant to have any disparaging intention but we will pay heed that it could give pain to someone we all seven seasons in block b will work hard so that this kind of thing does not happen again You will notice throughout the episode that Zico's name comes up repeatedly. So take that apology with a fat grain of salt because he did not pay a lot of heed to that letter. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But that happened. All right. The very next year, 2015, Tuan from Monsta X went on a show called Radio Star. We've brought this show up a couple times uh, in the past. And mm-hmm. he... It's a trouble show. Yes, it is a troublesome show. Um, <laughs> many people say troublesome, problematic things on this show. Uh, and on this particular episode, Tuan started talking about his childhood. And he was talking about how he... And what I'm saying is a paraphrase, obviously, but how he wanted to be a black man as a child. And so he would impersonate the way that they dressed and the way 
way that they would talk. And then the MC asks, how did you impersonate them? At which point Chuan does this impersonation. A fan did complain, um, but nothing official was ever done or said about it again. So people made a little bit of noise on Twitter, and that was that. In 20, I think this is my last one. Yes, in 2018, so pretty recently, Wendy from Red Velvet came on under fire for going on a show called Talkmon. And she was talking about different dialects in the United States, but she specifically said that if you were in a white girl group, you would talk this way. And then she proceeded to do a little impersonation of someone doing sort of like Valley Girl English. Valley Girl accent. Yeah, yeah, Valley Girl English with her hands like, you know, fluttering around um, in an exaggerated sort of like clueless style vernacular Mm -hmm. and then she said but if you're in a black girl group then they might talk like this and then she did a little bit of a speaking in English with an exaggerated accent a sort of like sassy head yeah she like snapped in your face and got like her head bobbing around um so much so that even like the other hosts and guests on the show were like imitating doing her doing it with her Mm -hmm. and they all had a very big laugh um The fans were pretty pissed about this, uh, especially because Red Velvet is a group that is like absolutely soaked in Um, R&B and they have a lot of black fans. So this really didn't go over well. And Wendy has had like a couple of different instances where she's said problematic things. Um, And so then when this happened, a lot of people were ready to just stop and cut Red Velvet off because this was not the first time that Wendy had done something along these lines. And many people argued that because she is from Canada and did live in the United States, she really has no excuse um, for, you know, saying like that she didn't know that this was a problem. Right. Right. So those are some, those, that's that category. Yeah. So that's that category. Moving on. (sighs) (laughs) are we just gonna like sigh (sighs) and then I guess we move on moving on all right so moving on to a different kind of racist impression which is blackface and if you don't know what blackface is simply put it is painting yourself to appear to be a black person but the history of this is very dark and the, that is why it is, like, extra painful and not cool. Because, once again, American entertainment problem. There was this thing in the 1800s and early 1900s called a minstrel show. And it was just, like, a variety show where people did skits and songs. But a huge part of it was white people putting literal grease on their face and drawing big lips and horrible, exaggerated expressions and doing these skits about how... Again, black people are simple and dumb and they're not like us and there were different characters and this one's lazy and this one doesn't go to work and like mm-hmm. th- and it was a ho- it was a huge thing. Yeah. Um 
there were also black people that did do these shows as well. It was because that's what the entertainment culture was, but like, it's not cool. Yeah, it was like, and you can honestly trace like the birth of American pop culture to these minstrel shows because the minstrel shows is what led to vaudeville, which was like the, the first sort of like theater circuit in situation that we had in the U S. And so these kinds of like racist black stereotypes, these like, characters of like you know the the like you said the lazy person the mammy the this the that those became like staple characters on the American stage and so you can see still evidence like if you guys are keeping up with the news you heard that Aunt Jemima just got taken off the shelves right they're gonna like rebrand that whole thing because Mm -hmm. it's got a background in minstrel shows like this shit is everywhere and it's this shit is everywhere and it's inexcusable at this point at this point in time, come on. Absolutely. But I just want to throw in a plug, an educational plug, if you guys like podcasts. The podcast, You Must Remember This, which is about old Hollywood stories, did a series a couple of months ago about the Disney film, The Song of the South, and why Ooh. it has been buried. And they talk about minstrel culture and the early black actors and then like black cinema in the 70s. And they talk about so many really interesting things. It's like a six-part series. I highly recommend it. Very off topic. Not off topic, but I'm just saying, throwing that out there. Yeah. Not related to K-pop. This. Yes, related to blackface. Yes. Where does the Venn diagram? <laughs> of k-pop and blackface intersect right Right here here. take it away (laughs) um okay so again i'll go chronological i guess um and start with probably the most egregious of everything on this list which is in 2010 there was a group debuted called the bubble sisters and this was supposed to be like a joke comedy group And their quote-unquote gimmick was that they wore full blackface. Mm -hmm. And they had, like, a chubby member, and she had, like, rollers in her hair. Like, it was that straight-up, like, minstrel character crazy shit. Like, honestly looks like posters from the 19, like, teens or whatever. It's, like, wild with the braids and the wigs. Like, it's full, head to toe. Yes, and they, like, debuted like that, and they put out a music show, and they, like, went on music shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, they clearly didn't get popular or go anywhere, but just the fact that it happened at all is, like, it's shocking to me. But I also learned when, like, trying to go into, like, the history of blackface in Korea, because when these things come up, a lot of times people claim ignorance. Like, they just don't know. But... There was a comedian in the 80s who was, like, very famous, a Korean comedian in the 80s who was very famous for his blackface work and all of his hilarious black characters. And when they were doing the Olympics in Korea, they, like, asked him to, like, participate and show his act. And he was like, oh, no, there will be black people there. I can't do it. So he knew that shit in the 80s. Wow. So, like, it's not... And fucking chose to still make a career out of it. Like, okay, thank you very much. So that's why the ignorant excuses are just like, they're not real because everybody knows this shit isn't good. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that was the Bubble Sisters, which shocks me. 2013, there were a couple of instances. G-Dragon had two in a row mm-hmm. where he dressed up as Andre 3000 for like something and he fully painted himself brown. And then another thing where he uploaded this selfie where he is painted like black Mm -hmm. and he has a hood on and people thought because at the time 
Trayvon Martin had recently been murdered and people were putting up pictures of them in hoodies in like solidarity. And so everybody was like, oh my God, is this his Trayvon tribute? This is awful. It was deleted and his company said, quote, this is a huge misunderstanding. And that's all there was. Yeah, they claimed that it was actually in promotion of some album that he was coming out with in which like the album colors were black, red and gray. And he had other photos where like his face was fully painted red and his face was fully painted gray. So the argument was trying to be like, oh, it's like an art piece that has nothing to do with race. But honestly, like, I personally don't accept that apology. Like, obviously, I would never accept an apology for this because I'm not a member of the black community. It's not your but apology it's, to it's accept. Not, exactly. It's not my apology to accept. But I, I also particularly, like, don't want to hear this excuse because you can't just paint your face. You can't paint your face black. Like, it, oh, it's art. Like, it's not about race. It's just the color black. Like, you can't separate the image of someone whose face is painted black from the history of black face. So, all so around. just don't. Just don't do it. Um, also in 2013, I had never seen this before, and it made me very mad. Super Junior Ye Sung, who I used to claim. And you know what? No. <laughs> his he made a Nick Fury costume mm-hmm. where he was the Samuel L. Jackson version of Nick Fury from the Avengers movie and he wore a bald cap and he painted himself fully black and you'd think that like that happened and then oops that was bad and they buried it no this motherfucker posts this picture again like every two years like lol and every year people are like stop sharing this this was bad and he just fucking keeps doing it. Yeah. There was I don't even understand. A, one of the members of Super Junior, I don't remember who it was now because I like read this article really fast and then was just like, ugh, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> but they were so many people complained about this. And although SM never officially addressed it, some of the members did. And one of the members even made the photo of Ye Song in this costume his profile picture for a while. Like it wasn't Ye Song's profile picture, right. it was the other member's profile picture. Just as an extra, like, fuck you, we really don't care about this. So, yes, cool. And I saw in one of the iterations that he posted it, uh, Henry commented, this is the same as wearing a wig, and I don't know what you're all so mad about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on you, Henry. Okay. Don't so, get me started. <laughs> so I'll move on, because these next two in a row have a common thread of being on a quote-unquote comedy show Mm -hmm. which as I brought up in the beginning like com Korean comedy is like extra guilty of this kind of shit um and so in 2015 Geek Wong from Highlight Formerly Beast went on a show called Happy Time and he did a sketch where he was literally one of those minstrel characters I talked about early which was called a pickaninny which was a dirty child that just sat around and ate watermelon and that's literally what he does in this sketch like I kind of can't fucking believe that it's real Mm -hmm. and that's it that it happened and everyone went tisk tisk and nothing (laughs) happened tisk tisk uh the next one I want to talk about because it's based on there's this character comes up a lot this is the only Mm -hmm. k-pop example but I've seen it on episodes of running man I've seen it they've done it to the superman babies it's a thing 
there was a cartoon on in Korea in the 80s called Dooley. And mm-hmm. it was about a little dinosaur. And he had like a friend that was a chicken and a friend that was a whatever. And one of his friends was a guy named Michael. And they claim that Michael is Korean, but that mm-hmm. he just like loves black stuff. He loves he Michael act. Jackson and yes. he wanted to be a singer. And he has a guitar and an afro and like big overdrawn lips. And his and, skin is brown in the cartoon. Yes, in the cartoon. Noticeably uh, different from other Korean characters on the show. Yes, but this character like constantly is a thing that people like dress up for for Halloween or like do or whatever. So in 2017, when A-Pink was on SNL, they did a Dooley sketch and Bomi had to be Michael. And it's gross. But their defense was like, we didn't paint her brown, though, because they didn't. But like... Ugh, why can we please retire this character? Like, yeah. it keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's not cool. And then the last one is a very famous one that comes up a lot, which is uh, for a concert tour, Mamamoo filmed a VCR where they recreated the Uptown Funk video in its entirety. And they painted themselves brown to look like Bruno Mars and his friends. Mm-hmm. And a sc- like somebody took a picture of the screen at the concert, or else I don't know if it would have ever gotten out. Yeah. Um, and then they like destroyed it and no one's ever seen anything but the like one screenshot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. Was there an apology for that? There or was just a huge. <laughs> they did apologize for it afterward. Um, they put a statement on their Facebook page. Um, they said, we are extremely sorry for our insensitive actions and use of blackface in our video while portraying Bruno Mars. There's no excuse for what we did, and there are not enough words to explain how regretful we are. We are heartbroken to have hurt our international K-pop fans so deeply. We love and care so much for all people of every race, sexuality, religion, and gender. We love all our fans and are so sorry to have hurt our fans in the black community. We understand now why our actions were wrong, and we never meant to do harm with our video. We were extremely ignorant of blackface and did not understand the implications of our actions. We will be taking time to understand more about our international fans to ensure this never happens again. We hope that you will help to educate us on these and other issues so that we can become better people and better artists. Thank you for bringing this to our attention and allowing us to right the wrongs that we have done. So objectively, that's a pretty good apology. It's like exactly what you want to hear. But as always, words are meaningless unless they have actions behind them. And this happened in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, was, when did that show that we saw them at? That mom we, we saw them in 2015. Okay. So that was before. So that's nice at least. Cause I know one of the classes said something problematic at that show that we saw her at, but, um, yeah, the important, the point is, sorry. <laughs> the point is that like, that is the kind of apology that you do want to hear, I guess, objectively. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you, but it's meaningless without action behind it was the last thing that you said. Oh, yeah. It's meaningless without action behind it. So we have to make sure that if something like that were to happen again, and like, I don't really know off the top of my head of other like blatantly problematic moments of, of Mamamoo, although I know that there are like, you know, cultural appropriation that we won't go into now um so it is just important like when those kinds of apologies come out and if you like what the apology says like okay that's good but let's make sure that those idols are still held accountable for the actions that follow that apology because an apology one and done is not enough yeah so that's my those are the blackface incidents i found 
God knows there's probably more. For a sh- yeah, probably. Probably, but unfortunately. those are the ones that I had. Okay. So I'll go ahead and just, I guess, on the Mama Moo note, right? One of the reasons I, I was asking, like, when we saw them and when these mm-hmm. things happened is because I... So the next category we have is saying the N-word. I'm not going to explain what the N-word is. I'm sure you already know. Most of the incidents that I found in which idols are caught saying the n-word is when they're doing a cover of a song and they Mm -hmm. include it because it's a part of the lyrics now the general understanding of most like western music fans is that if you are not black and you are singing a song that has the n-word in it you're not supposed to sing that word you're not supposed to mouth it you're not supposed to do anything either Mm -hmm. change the word entirely or just don't say a thing like, yeah, don't say ninja. That's embarrassing, too. Yeah, don't change just it to don't. something that sounds similar, quote unquote. Like, just don't just delete it from the lyrics for yourself. But idols don't always do that. So these examples are not in any particular order because I don't think that I have. I didn't dates, really find the dates for it. Um, OK, so I'm just going to run down. Here are a few different covers in which idols kept that word in. Kwasa on like a V Live or Instagram or something, she sang an acapella version of the Beyonce song Irreplaceable. The original version of that song doesn't have the N-word in it, but in the acapella version, it uh Beyonce oh, the acapella does acapella version it in. does. Oh, yeah. Like, she just added no, it. No, I know, I thought that too, right? And then I was like, holy shit, what the f-? But no, Beyonce has an acapella version where she does say the N-word in it, and that's the version that Kwasa was covering. Um, let's see. In J- NCT 127, Jaehyun, he was on uh, some radio show and he sang a song called Caroline by the um, rapper Amine. Uh, Tuan, on an episode of No Mercy, um, he was doing a cover of I Don't Like by rapper Chief Keef, and he kept the N-word in that one. Uh, again, another cover, Momo from Twice. She did a cover of Tuan by Tinash. Tinashi? Tinash? I don't know. Tinashe? Anyway, we we learned to dance to that song, right? Yeah, we learned to dance to that song. I don't know how to pronounce that artist's name. Either. But the song, so it was actually like a video of her doing a dance to that song. And uh, they ended up not releasing her cover because she kept the N-word in it. Um, so that one, they, they didn't necessarily address it, but they did, I don't know. They just got like not, Yeah, they it. just didn't put it out. Um, so let's see, those were covers. Unfortunately, there's also a few original Korean songs that do also include the N-word. Um, our least favorite, <laughs> Zico. Um, I was gonna say our favorite, but I didn't want to I didn't no, even want to make that don't joke. Lie. Um, so fucking Zico has at least two songs. One is called I'm Still Fly and one is called LOL. Um, I'm Still Fly uses the N-word in the chorus twice. Fun. So it's six different times in that one song awesome job uh there's also an old chinwa song called top that uses the word in it and then bts got into some hot water because they did a cover of the chinwa song on a show champion episode uh, and they left the word in it's so wild to watch those performances by the way because you know they put the lyrics in the corner yeah and there it is oh wow they even type it right there oh my god yeah 
<clears throat> okay, so those are the songs. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there have also been some incidents where idols have spoken the word itself. Um, so let's see. These these I can do in chronological order. The first one I have is from 2013. Ellie from EXID was on a show called Guru Pop. All of the videos of this show that I could find, they didn't have subtitles on them. So I don't know what the context is of her saying this word. Um, but it's clearly said as an example of some kind of dialect because um, they're playing some kind of game. Um, and the host who his name, one of the hosts, his name is Daniel. And he's from that group Dalmatian, D-M-T-N, uh -huh, whatever. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, he immediately stands up and addresses the camera and says like immediately with like a big smile on his face, like, don't be offended. Koreans don't use that word on a daily basis. Like they don't know what it means. Please don't be offended. And he bows and he says, I'm sorry. And then the other host laughs and says, yeah, yeah, we only use it with close friends and family. So it's addressed in the moment and it's still addressed problematically. Oh, Jesus. And Ellie sucks. immediately is like, oh, sorry. And then they just move the fuck on. Um, so that happened. It's still on YouTube. You can find it. But there's no subs. In 2015, Seventeen came under fire when a lot of fans thought that they said the N-word. And in this case, I would say, like, there's so there's two incidents. One of them, well, they're both questionable. And I that am not going one, he is not saying anything wrong. I watched it 7,000 times. I honestly agree with you. Like He's I saying, I it's... am what I am. Like, I am says at the beginning of all of his verses. That's what he's saying. He says that at first. And then the last two syllables are something that sounds like either the N-word or a very poorly pronounced my girl. Sun Quan does have an incredibly thick accent when he speaks English. I don't know. It was never confirmed and it was never addressed. But so the two incidents, thats they come from the same show. Uh, it was a 2015 Mnet TV show. Um, and in one case, like you brought up, Sung Kwan, is, Sung Kwan and VA are in the hotel room and they're listening to Rush by Monsta X. Um, and at the very end, after the song ends, Sung Kwan says off camera, I am what I am. And then a word that some fans thought sounded like the N-word, some fans thought sounded like my girl, no one in 17 or Pled has ever addressed it. So there's really no like that was the debate was not concluded in a sense. Right. The second incident also comes from that show. Uh, and this is when they're in all of the members are in the airport and they're doing an acrostic poem with the words mama. So the boys are supposed to take one syllable and then come up with like a, a phrase. Right? right. So in the very first one, Coops says ma, uh, ma nega. And so that is immediately the boys react and like DK repeats it. Hoshi gives him like a high five. They laugh, whatever. Um, and so the debate surrounding that particular instance was, are they laughing because they understand the double meaning and this like this bilingual wordplay? Or are they laughing and reacting because he's speaking in Satori dialect, which most people always like lose it when people like when Key like uses they, it's his. It's already yeah, funny. Exactly. It's already funny because it's in this dialect. That debate also never really settled, but it is 
questionable to mm-hmm. see for sure. Like I watched it and I thought based on the way that at least Hoshi reacts, like to me that seemed like he understood the bilingual pun right away. And the fact that Coops is part of the hip hop team also leads me to believe he understood that. But And again, also the thing you brought up earlier about BTS uh censoring their words for to be on American TV then mm-hmm. you ha- that it tells me that they know that that word that those words sound the same yeah they know those words sound the same and they know that people are offended by one of those words so to me it seemed like pretty clear that the joke or that the word play was intentional um but again like nobody from 17 or Pletus ever addressed it so Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, the last one that I had was uh, it involves Mino from Winner and Bobby from Icon. They did this skit to promote a, a Japanese debut of the, a unit that had the two of them in it called M-O-B-B or Mob. And in the skit, they were supposed to, quote unquote, act gangsta. So Bobby turns to Mino and says something like, Put your hands up, drop the gun, and then Jesus Mino Christ. responds with the the N word, uh-huh. and they go back and forth, and the whole thing is very cringy. And I I couldn't find a video of it, but I read the transcript. It's horrible. It's just like bullshit platitudes that you would have picked up from like any you know bad Law and Order episode, right? Um, but that again, like uh. There was an article about it. I think Asian Junkie covered it uh, in the same year in 2017, but the idols, the companies themselves didn't address it. So that's your whole list. But yeah, I think there are so many more instances of the thing of the like Momo type situations where people dance to music that has the Mm -hmm. word and like is it do the are the companies responsible for like censoring that or not well in momo's case the reason that people got mad is because it's her singing a cover she's saying it she sang the cover and danced to it so what was released was the dance video and then they never released her cover of the song because she kept the word in Uh, and uh, people uh, uh, reacted uh. to the video of her dancing along being like what the fuck why is that word still in there Okay, so, yeah, I understand. But, but there I are, do- like you said, other instances of people using that, uh, using tracks that have that word in it. And that's something that always just uh, in general surprises me about Korean TV very often is that like if you are just watching a variety show or whatever, sometimes they will have like English music with like full curses mm-hmm. like in the background while like babies are playing. Yeah. It's just very surprising that it doesn't seem like anybody, like, why is anybody checking these things? Or, yeah. like, if there are such strict broadcasting standards, like, why are, like, English curses and slurs constantly, like, allowed on TV? You'd think they, like, wouldn't like that. Yeah, you would think that they would be more more on top of that, like, any kind of... Because, like, they blur cigarettes and knives, but, like, right. we're allowed to say, like, bitch and shit in the background. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's just like a very interesting, I guess, like, con- not consequence, but it sort of comes along with the territory because it is mm-hmm. like a part of American hip hop music that like those artists are allowed to say that word and like it can be in their songs and people can appreciate their songs. But like, where is where does the responsibility lie? Like, should companies be censoring it or like not letting people dance to the things or like, I don't I don't know, but mm-hmm. it seems to get them in trouble. So maybe not. I mean, yeah, to me, I feel like there are so many 
different examples where songs like that, like there's also a radio edit version and like, it's not that hard to find the radio edit version. So true. (sighs) That's very true. So yeah. All right, Lynn, let's move on to our last um, three little examples of just some generalized bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Our last category. And then we have some things to address the fandom with in general. And that, and then that'll be it, the, enough of this for today. Perfect. Okay. So my last category, miscellaneous bullshit. Um, this will be real fast. They all happened super recently. So, you know, if you were under the illusion that these things don't happen anymore because the like things that we've been talking about were all around 2013 they still do um so 2018 in a v live to promote cbx's new album blooming days uh the boys were Schumann, jongdae and uh baekhyun from exo were playing a game of jenga in which the punishment was uh whoever knocks it over whatever they would have the other members would get to draw on their face with lipstick so this incident happened where uh baekhyun was filling in he was coloring jongdae's mouth with lipstick and he started to color like all the way around his actual lips and when Jungdae looked at the camera, he said two different comments about this. So it was incredibly, I think, very conscious. Um, yeah. The first comment he said he called himself looking like Michael, which was a reference to the character we talked about earlier. And then the second comment he made, so as as Baekhyun continued to draw over him, eventually Chen pushes him away and laughs and says that he looks like Kunta Kinte. Kunta Kinte is the main character of a uh, 1976 novel called Roots, which is about the history of uh, slavery here in the United States. They turned it into a very popular TV show in 1977. Uh, And that character is really a very important symbol of like black strength and resiliency. The show and book Roots is incredibly important in like the history and like in bringing that history to the mainstream of the United States. So to use the the character Kunta Kinte as a punchline is incredibly offensive and disrespectful. And I say that that was a pointed, like knowledgeable comment that he made because he referenced not one, but two different African-American characters, or I guess black characters because sure. Michael is Korean, but whatever. Um, it was, it was, not a moment of ignorance. Um, and there was nothing done about it. The SM didn't comment on it. Jongdae didn't comment on it. A lot of people complained on Twitter. I did. Re- I do remember when that happened. Like there were even some letters going around that like, oh, we're going to send this letter to SM. Um, but nothing happened. I mean, and I'm guilty of it in the sense that like, I still bought that album. Like I saw that video as it happened and I was incredibly disappointed. I waited and hoped for Jongdae to, to say something about it because mm-hmm. there was a lot of chatter about it. Um, he never did. And that was definitely like, okay, he's no longer my bias for sure. Yeah. Um, but I still bought that CBX album and I still listened to it a lot and like supported the promotion. So I was guilty of doing what I'm shitting on other fans for doing too. Right. But that happened. That was 2018. 
In 2019, um, Amber Lou from FX, she was on a uh, an episode of Just Kidding News, which is an, a, a YouTube show. And she and the other hosts were watching a video of a man who was uh, arrested in San Francisco. It was a black man who was eating a sandwich on the subway station. And a police officer came and told him that he wasn't allowed to eat a sandwich. And the conversation ended up turning into three police officers handcuffing this man for literally eating a sandwich in a place where supposedly you're not allowed to eat. Um, The... Video in the context of the American news was yet another example of police um, racially profiling and being Mm -hmm. unnecessarily harsh on black citizens. Um, And in watching the video, Amber's immediate reaction was he deserved it. He was being disrespectful to the officer like police officers deserve your respect. You can't talk like that. And another one of the hosts immediately calls her out in that moment and says, well, I don't think that we really understand where the black community is coming from. Like their relationship with the police is very different than ours. And the other another one of the hosts immediately says they're tired of it. So she was called out for it in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until like a few weeks later, a few days later um, when she I did post on Twitter an apology um, because she was getting a lot of, she's very active on social media. And so mm-hmm. fans and others were commenting constantly about it. Um, so she did post an apology. And I'll just read it now. She says, I'm so sorry. I saw a video clip. I made an ignorant snap judgment and I majorly messed up. It was my fault for not being more aware of how the systemic racism in the United States has continued and gotten worse while I spent the last 10 years overseas. I 100% do not stand for racism and discrimination. It angers me that he was singled out because of the color of his skin. It is completely unjust, and I am so sorry for not seeing the whole situation and jumping to a conclusion. I'm sorry for hurting you guys. I've always stood for equality. I've always stood for love. I believe in Black Lives Matter, and I'm so sorry I've negatively affected so many people because of my ignorance, and I will continue to educate myself in this matter. Um, hopefully she does continue to educate herself about it. Um, I know that Amber has gotten a lot of different, um, comments in the past over like problematic things. And this was just an example of that. Um, she did like, she is one of the artists who has spoken out and like donated to the black lives matter movement in recent weeks. Um, but I know a lot of people who were like not having it, even when she gave this particular statement, Personally, when I heard that, I remember thinking systemic racism and police brutality has existed for a lot more than just the past 10 years that you've been out of the country. Um, So I like didn't really love that particular excuse of ignorance. Um, But that's what I feel like I got to stick up for Amber here just because I feel like this is like this is egregious and she did deserve to be called out for it. But I feel like the way that Amber has been treated the past couple of weeks is like exactly what we can't do, which is that she has been extremely vocal. She's been at protests in L.A. I've seen her and everyone's like, yeah, but you said that thing. And that's the point is that she said that thing and now she is doing better. That's right. what we want. Exactly. Like you that can't is what throw we people's shit back in their faces mm-hmm. when they're trying. Yeah. So I'm just, I just think that's an interesting thing that like, it seems like Amber still can't win. 
and I for feel sure. bad. And that she does I think, appear to be trying. Yeah. And that's like, we've got to be careful of the cancel culture because what is it that we want, right? Do we want people to be perfect all the time? That's unrealistic. Do we want people to have the opportunity to make a mistake and learn and grow from it? Like we have to give them space to do that. Right. My last example is from a group that we will definitely be talking a lot about uh, when we get into our whole episode dedicated to cultural appropriation. Um, this comes from Soyeon of G Idol. Uh, in 2019, they were G Idol was on Queendom, and in an episode where they were preparing for one of their performances, Soyeon tells Yuki that she wants her to sing a particular line of their song in an African style, as if a chief is shouting. And she that is the translation of what she said. That's a direct quote. Um, she goes on to suggest that they use African drums in order to create a, quote, ethnic hip sound. This was incredibly problematic for a lot of reasons. We're going to dive more into it when it get, when we get into the cultural appropriation side of mm-hmm. things. Um, but this particular idea of like... You, you know, create emulating this sound as if a chief is shouting so that you can create this ethnic cool sound. That is exactly what we're talking about when we're talking. It's like the perfect example of cultural mm-hmm. appropriation by definition, because you are taking someone's culture without understanding or appreciating it and you're profiting off of it, right? Like you're using it for your own gains without a relationship to that culture. And that's incredibly problematic. Um, Nothing happened about it. Uh, It just is what it is. And it wasn't too long after that that they released that absurd music video with all of their cholas. And I, Mm -hmm. G-Idol continues to to offend. Absolutely. Um, And that word, that word ethnic, like words like ethnic and exotic are white supremacy because that is like implying that like if you're not white, then you're other, like you're ethnic. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, you look so exotic. You must be from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, that's something, and also, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, that's something that we call a microaggression. And basically it's like there's different kinds of racism, right? There's overt racism, which is like blatant. I hate you because of this. But most racism isn't like that. Most racism mm-hmm. is under the surface. And comments like this about someone's ethnicity oh you're so ethnic oh you're so exotic blah 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 like you said it implies that the norm is white and anything other than white is therefore other exotic ethnic and it's different right and that Mm -hmm. is on its own a problematic idea right and then in this specific example what they ended up making was a horrible bastardization of like three cultures and was a mess in itself um how fun so yeah it's <laughs> it's very interesting that that seems to be like her issue mm-hmm. um yeah she's, she's come clearly, under fire for it several times she's clearly very like a very talented songwriter and has ideas but like her, i don't know this is it's it's a problem for such a new mm-hmm. group that they have like so many cultural appropriation strikes is very strange honestly in almost every single comeback that they've had but again, yeah. we'll do a whole episode about that. Yes. Later. <laughs> okay. More on that to come. So, um, I guess what I wanted to get into next. There's so much, y'all. There's so much. It will never. Um, and, and like I said, we still have to talk about all of the cultural appropriation stuff. But 
I think one of the most frustrating things about doing the research for this and also just in the last couple of weeks of like watching movies and reading books about the civil rights movement or about reconstruction or whatever is that like all of these incidents that I looked up, whether they happened 10 years ago or they happened six months ago, the blog posts about them made the exact same points about why it is wrong. Mm -hmm. And the comments underneath from the fans made the exact same defenses about why it's fine. And literally nothing has changed at all. And like, I don't know what to do. Like that is just, it's a frustration that I don't know what to do with. Like, Mm -hmm. how can we change this? And I feel like the real answers, like the the fans don't want to do them because the only way that the, because for example, if Soyeon had made that comment about, if Soyeon had made that comment on a reality show where the girls were working on a new album and then that comment angered other people or angered fans, but the fans that were angry about it went on and still bought the album like I did with CBX right Mm -hmm. I was incredibly upset when Jongdae said that comment did I do anything about it no I think I tweeted something stupid about him hoping that he would apologize and then when he didn't I just said well I guess he's I guess he's prejudiced like right I'm still gonna buy the album anyway and they still got my money for it so like what was the point of me being upset about it there wasn't one nothing happened right um And yeah, I think that's just a thing that like we all need to reckon with as like K-pop fans, which is that like the companies don't really care Mm -hmm. about anything unless it hurts their wallets because like K-pop is capitalism and that's evil too. That's a whole other thing to get into. (laughs) But like unless we hurt their wallets, they're they're not going to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's very hard for fans because... Like, we love the people and we want to support them. And the idea of a boycott is, like, very stressful because they're like, it'll hurt my group Mm -hmm. if we boycott. But, like, again, like, literally nothing will change unless, like, drastic actions happen. But in the cases of where if you don't want to take drastic actions, like, things that fans can do and should do when it comes to these things is that, like, the blind defense has to stop. Mm-hmm. Like when people do things that are wrong, they are still wrong. Even if you love the people, the rushing to make excuses just makes everybody look stupid. Mm-hmm. There's no need to like bend over backwards to try to find a way that it's okay. Cause it isn't. And that like, we have to listen to the people that are hurt by these things. This has been like a huge problem in the k-pop community lately and i'm very frustrated that we're getting so much praise from the media right now over dumb things when the fandom has like huge problems with talking over the black fans Mm -hmm. of whom there are lots yeah like people talk about k-pop fans in that same exact like white supremacist like everybody else is an other when people talk about k-pop fans in the media or whatever they talk about them like they're exclusively white 12 year olds Mm -hmm. and it's simply not true yeah absolutely and a lot of times like not only the erasure of like the black k-pop fans that do exist um I mean, black and other people of col- of color as well. Like the K-pop fandom is very diverse, and it's like wild in age and race and yeah, country. not e- yeah, exactly. Like they're also always categorizing us as teenagers, right? But like, hi, so many people in that love K-pop are not a teenager, um, and but like 
fans silencing black fans as well. Like this is something that happens not just not just in the K-pop world, of course, but like anytime a black or person of color like says that they are offended, so many times like the immediate response is well I'm not offended by that thing or like well or I talked to one black person and they told me it's fine exactly and just because I think we always have to remember like just because you don't find something offensive doesn't mean it isn't offensive for one Mm -hmm. and two you can't invalidate other people's experiences and other people's emotions just because they're different from yours. Even if you don't understand why they were hurt by that thing, you can't tell them not to be hurt by it. Like it's nobody's, you can't, that's not your place to say. Yes. And I feel like, you know, fandoms like to talk themselves up about how like they're families and they're all just here for their groups and like everything is good. But there's also this very like dangerous cult mentality Mm -hmm. that I saw a lot when I was looking a lot of these things up where the person writing the article, even if they were trying to be objective, would like categorize like this video was leaked by antis or anti fans got mad about blank. Mm. And it's the idea that like if you don't like a thing that your group is doing, like now you are against them and you're not part of us anymore. Yeah, and that's crazy. That fan the idea that fans can't be critical of the thing that they're a fan of, right? Like that's the whole we talk about that a lot even just in terms of like the news and media that you consume, mm-hmm. like be thinking critically about everything that is around you. Um and so the idea that like if you're a fan of something, you are not allowed to criticize it, you have to swallow all of it unquestioningly, that's problematic. Absolutely. It's dangerous. Absolutely. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to touch on is just, I don't know if I have a point. I just wanted to talk this out because my brain has just been like running crazy for days trying to get all of this stuff together, which is just like the idea of apologies in general. Mm. Um, Like of the things we went over today, which again is like the egregious list, like the stuff with like braids and bad outfits is a whole other episode but like just these like very egregious acts of anti-blackness there are so few apologies yeah and almost all of them just come from the company Mm -hmm. and that's the thing I've been learning about recently because I think maybe I wonder if it was just like an SM an early SM stand spoil that I thought that when idols get in trouble they handwrite letters because I feel like SM artists often apologize handwritten letters (laughs) yes but I like learned that other than that video you referenced where Namjoon from BTS like sincerely apologized for years of wrongs BTS members do not make individual apologies Mm. big hit apologizes for them and there's like lots of groups where like the idol never says sorry for anything Mm -hmm. but the company just makes a statement about how everyone's sorry and, like, I don't really know what, to, what I'm saying about that, but it's just, like, what kind of person... Like, I don't know how much personal responsibility the, like, companies even think that the idols have to anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, it's it's a bit of like a conundrum and if you think about it, because on the one hand, like idols are not meant to be political, right? And they're not right. supposed to be offensive. They're not supposed to have public relationships. They're not supposed to c- ruffle any feathers, right? And we talked about that a little bit when we talked about like, should idols be doing anything for, for Black Lives Matter? But I would say like the flip side of that, and so on that side, right, like it makes sense that the companies would speak on behalf of the idols because they don't want the idols to put their feet in their mouth and say something stupid and get them in trouble. But the other side of that coin would be, well, you don't want your idol to be offensive. And here they are saying this offensive thing. And when like the company is not the one who said that thing, the idol is the one who said that thing. So to hear an apology, like to take Block B, for example, Mm-hmm. Zico said that did that stupid impression and the company responded to the international letter but Zico said nothing and he continues to do incredibly offensive things he says the n-word in his songs he wears jackets with the confederate flag on them he is ridiculous and unapologetic about it so that company apology is fucking garbage it's meaningless because it didn't come from him and he clearly isn't apologetic so in that sense like I do think that when an idol says something or does something offensive, the onus is on the idol to own up to it and be and take responsibility. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, the onus is on the idol to do it. But I think the uncomfortable job of the fans is to to demand demand these things. Um, Another thing I saw in my like very big research yesterday is that in 2016, the army started like a huge hashtag where they had like a list of like five years of grievances that they wanted BTS to answer for. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know if they ever got an official apology, but from that moment on is when BTS adopted their wokeness. Mm. Um, But that was like a huge, a huge effort. And they had years and years of grievances that they like had to come forward with all at once to just be like, please like look at the ways that you have hurt us. Mm hmm. And it's kind of crazy that they have to do that. It is crazy, especially because, like, there is, of course, responsibility in the in the company. That, I think, comes more from, like, like we said, cultural appropriation and the decisions that the individual idols don't get to make. Right. But we'll as groups start to become more international and as K-pop in general, like the companies want them to be these global forces, like SM created super M specifically to be international. Like if you're going to try and create a global group, then you need to globalize your own perspective and you need mm-hmm. to open your eyes to the ways in which whatever it is that you're putting out there might be offensive or harmful or hurtful to another person. Because otherwise, like, you seriously expecting the international community to just swallow all of this? Like, why would we do that? Because we like the K-pop, and that's why they keep getting away with it. Yeah, that's true. We're all we're all complicit in it. But, yeah. Um, so that's why we have to try to do better. Yes, we have to try to do better as fans. Call it out when we see it. Demand apologies use our buying power when possible and hopefully i mean hold ourselves accountable for making excuses and hold our idols accountable for saying stupid shit absolutely
I think what we need to remember right now as allies, regardless of whether or not we are people of color ourselves, is that the pain and the anger of the black community does not belong to us, right? It is not our pain. It is not our anger. So when a black fan says that they are offended by someone, then it isn't our job to tell them you're wrong. It's not our job to make excuses for the idol. And it's not our job to tell that fan that their pain is invalid. But it should be our job to try and understand why that action was offensive and then to hold our idols accountable for those actions when they cause harm. By their very nature, we are supposed to idolize these artists, right? It's in the name, a K-pop idol. So it's easy for us to get defensive against criticism about someone that we quote unquote love, right? It, It is easy for us to put these people on a pedestal and then not want to hear anything against them. But The truth is that they're not idols. They are not perfect. They are just human beings, right? We say this all the time. They are human beings, and human beings, by their very nature, are flawed. They're ignorant, and they make mistakes. And when we encourage you to be critical and to think critically about the news and the media that you consume, that should include the words and actions of the idols and the artists that we enjoy. What we're not going to do is police the emotions of other fans when they call out problematic behavior. (sighs) Well, should we do a random game like a regular old episode just to... Yeah, let's do it. it But first, let's let out one big long sigh to just end this for today. Before we have to pick it back up again another time. Exactly. (laughs) Ready? We'll be right back with our random game. Hopefully it won't pull something crazy. <laughs> oh my God, it's going to be like such a terrible example of cultural appropriation. Just, I know just it. Just wait. All right, we're back. And the random game seems to have been nice to us. We haven't seen the video yet, but it seems like it's okay today. We got a duo called Wings. Yes, a female duo. Uh, These ladies debuted in 2014 under Sony Music Korea. Um, Their names are Yesol and Nayoung. They debuted in March 2014 with a single called Hair Short. And a few months later, they followed it up with a single called Blossom. And that's kind of it for the music that they've released. They appeared in someone else's music video, and they also went on the unit as a duo, Mm -hmm. um, and they left their company in 2017, and that's... But they only released that music in 2014, that's it. Yeah, they put out music in 2014, then they went on the unit in 2017, and after they went on the unit, they revealed that they left Sony Music, uh, but they didn't announce if they've signed with a new company, and they haven't released any music since 2014. So supposedly they're still together, but they're definitely not very active right now. So their music video that we're going to watch is for their debut single, which is called Hair Short. Um, and it was directed by DigiPetty, I saw on the Wikipedia. Yeah. So it should be colorful. All right. Ready? Ready? One, two, three. Wings. All right. Brushing each other's long hair on a pretty couch. Wow, look how long that hair is. It's all the way to the floor. The one on the right looks like 
Um, Beck Ji Young. I think oh, yeah. they have similar plastic surgery face. Oh, okay. A boy. And he's fixing a TV. I love. Oh, I see. They're sitting on the couch watching him fix the TV. Where yeah, they're the like, aesthetic is like they're weird twins. I they're was like just creepy gonna twins. say creepy Victorian twins that sleep in the same in the same bed. And every room is like perfectly symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn! Here we go. <gasps> ah, so cute! Oh, a dance! But only one of them actually has short hair. Oh, they're looking at the boy's tummy while he lifts his <laughs> arms to fix things. Don't cut her bangs like that. I know, yikes. <laughs> I like that they're just creeping on this guy taking care of their house. <gasps> now their Ooh, hair is short. Oh my god, such cute shortcuts. Yeah. They both have like little bobs, but one of them is straight and one of them is curly. But they're still in their creepy twin bed. Oh, kissing! Yes, kiss this boy. Uh oh, jealous no. twin. Oh dear. Oh, their hair is growing while they sleep because they're having nightmares. Oh my god, they're having jealous dreams of each other with the boy, and their hair grows. I love these little dresses. Yeah, they're, they're really cute. <laughs> and they're cutting the hair again. Yeah. <laughs> I bet those extensions weigh a lot. They they're must be so heavy. Long. They're like all the way to the floor. The dress is two piece. Oh my god, was it? Yes, it has a. It was the top has a little. Oh my god. Aye. Oh my god, she's gonna stab this boy with scissors in his face. No, that was her sister. That was <gasps> the twin. Oh, I thought it was the boy. Oh my god, it is two piece. That is cute. Maybe they are gonna kill him. Oh, oh no! They both have scissors, and they're gonna kill this boy. <gasps> the Shining's on the TV, and they're cutting. Oh my heads god! Off they're cutting things. heads off of things. I did notice that painting at the beginning. That it's that bed beheading painting. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! His head's his under head's that. D- oh, he's definitely oh, dead. He's definitely yeah, dead. he's they definitely, definitely dead. cut his head off. So I guess they're cutting their hair short by cutting that boy out of their life. Mm, Yeah, like wash that man right out of my hair kind of thing. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that was not inappropriate at all. So great. Thank you, Random Game, for having our backs. (laughs) And it made me feel... It was good. It was good. It was nice to do something normal and have a random game because we haven't done that in a while. It has been a long time. Um, oh, now is the time where we do recommendations. Um, and I have one for sure. Okay. Go That's ahead. been keeping me sane while I did all of the research for this. 
um, I had to keep taking breaks to watch this new thing because it was like a reset. Mm -hmm. And that is the new Weki Miki song. And it is called Oopsie. And it is so good. It has the same like whistle beat as uh, Jonas uh, Sucker. Mm. Do, 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 do. Oh, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> so oh. it has that like really good like starting beat and it's so fun. And the chorus has like a whistle note in it and the choreography is adorable. And they are wearing these amazing like baggy pant like suit. Like Oh my God, those blue ch- suits oh. from the music video. They wore them on a couple stages and they're so cute. They're so the cute. stages are so cute. The song makes me so happy. They look so beautiful. Lucy the Machne is so grown up. Like <gasps> she looks I'm so just beautiful. So I'm so proud because I love WikiMiki and sometimes they are hit or miss and this is a hit 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 and I love it. So that's my rec is to check that out. That's a good rec. I'm just going to look through my history real quick. Look at all of this sh- bullshit that I have. Oh here, I know what I'll recommend. This is not a new song. Um, but I'm going to recommend it just because it's it's new to me. I just recently learned it. Um, but it's a great example of a way to show appreciation for other cultures without being shitty about it. Okay. Um, and so Jay Park is an artist that we've talked about a few times. He's been super, super vocal and active about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, he's in particular like... He's really endeared himself to me lately because I feel like in the past year or so, he's been like really loud about on Twitter, just being like, I don't care what you say. Yeah. Um, He just like really has no patience for, for haters or people like coming at him with negativity, which I appreciate. Um, But last year he came out with a song called V um, and it has a fun music video. It's, it's all about international love. Um, So like finding love in different places with different people. um, And like, he has some, funny lines about like we don't understand each other like to play on the language barrier but he also has a lot of great lyrics about you know your your skin your hair your language is beautiful like you don't have to change for me etc um it's a very it's a fun song it's very catchy um and it's a diverse group of people in the music video as well um so very much enjoyed that one i just recently saw it so yeah great park v just the letter v perfect love it Okay, so that's it for today. Um, we'll be back next week. I don't know what we're gonna talk like if we're gonna keep this rolling straight through or buffer it with other things. Um, we'll see. But we have been getting lots of nice emails and voicemails from y'all about everything that's going on. Um, and if this episode inspired you to say anything else, we will happily hear you. We'd love to do a whole episode like discussing y'all's uh thoughts and feelings and opinions yes our we call we made a call on our social media a little while ago for you guys to reach out to us and talk to us about your experiences over the past few weeks being a k-pop fan um in this era of black lives matter um so we do still want to hear from you we would really love to have sort of a mailbag episode where we can hear some different perspectives that are not just ours um so please call us email us um that would if you have a lot to say, like definitely that would be easier than a DM or something. Um, so where can they get in touch with us? 
Uh, emails can be sent at, a, or not at, to amakpoppod at gmail.com. Our voicemail is 1-81-AMA-K-POP-5. Um, or if you are like some of our international listeners, you can just talk into your voice memo and email it to us because those international calls are expensive yeah. and we know that. Um, but if you want to just follow us on social, tweet at us or whatever, we are at AMAKPOPPOD on all of the things. Join our Discord server. It's the best place, and it's full of smart, cool, good people who have really thoughtful, mature discussions about things, and I'm very proud of all of you. I love our community so much, and I finally figured out how to make a Discord link that doesn't expire, so for sure you can join it now. Because I'd been hearing from people like, the link is expired. I figured it out. So now the link in our Instagram will definitely take you there. Um, and the Discord is great. And a shout out to, I just want to say, one of our listeners on the Discord who goes by Peter on the Discord made a full spreadsheet of all of our random games and the video we watched and if the and notes about if the group changed names or like what. It's so loving and it made me cry when I opened it. I love you guys. And I, it's so funny that you like us enough to catalog <laughs> the things that we say. Um, so I just wanted to say thanks for that. And add this new group on there. Yeah, now we got to add that to the bottom. So I almost, anyway. I already forgot their name. Wings. <laughs> All right. So with that, we will go keep taking care of yourselves, drink water, read a book about something. I don't know. Do just try to be better every day. Y'all. Just remember to do the work, right? We can say... We can say flowery things all day long, but unless we're putting actions behind our words, our words are meaningless. So remember, this is a fight that will go on our whole lives and even beyond our lives too. So take your time. No need to rush and do everything at once. You can do one thing a day. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we love you guys very much, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. Bye.